1: Enough,
2: it's the Fanboy Planet
1: podcast, and here's your host, a man who combats Lynn's Sanity by being McAwesome, Derek McCall! That's the best one you
2: have
3: ever done. No, you say that every week.
0: No, I'm so no, glad no, I I <laughs> no, I don't. That
3: uh, one. No, I don't. Okay, the first one, you, the best one you've ever done on the first try. Balls. Okay. <laughs> What? <laughs> that way it just Basketballs. <laughs> ruins it. <laughs> Basketballs. This is Basketballs. Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We are podcasting from elusive comics and games. 2725 El Camino Real Suite 104 in Santa Clara, California. On Wednesday, February 15th, it is the Ides of February. And it's our new studio. And we're in our new studio. And uh, it's the day after Valentine's Day. Everybody have a good Valentine's Day? Mm-hmm. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, buy yourself idea. some chocolate.
4: I got chocolate for my wife.
3: That's nice.
4: I kind of had chocolate, if you
3: know what I mean. I don't. Okay,
1: Uh, I'll tell you later.
4: How about uh, the person being lewd
3: to my right, my announcer? That wasn't lewd. I was was alluding to chocolate. You were lewd,
1: Lon alluding Lopez. Yes, and Uh, that's what I got on the other
3: visual, visual, yeah, visual. Good radio, good radio, good radio, great radio. And gotta go across. We got two people on one mic.
5: What? Oh, I'll go first. Nate Costa here, and I am on the McCossum train. Hmm. Still not going to jump off the insanity bandwagon, though. Okay,
3: well, not going right. to jump no off. No one's it.
5: truly asking you. Mm-hmm. You don't want to jump off, and the of course, jump on it. Jump off. Yes. I do not want. I do not want to jump so off. So you, I'm on. You're on it. You like it. I've been on it since he was a Warriors, and in my mind, he's always
0: going to be a Warriors. Interesting. Okay. Since he was a Warriors, you are suffering strange plurality Just syndromes. Just introduce yourself. <laughs> I am ten-time Hugo nominee and, oh yeah, one-time Hugo winner, <gasps> Christopher <laughs> J. Garcia. It hurt Who's that to your left? Why, and this
6: is... Hi, my name is James Bacon, and I've traveled here all the way from London to... Say a few words about comics.
4: See, that accent right now just bought us 10 points in podcast <laughs> ratings. That's
0: Just fantastic. adding that to the show. And it upped yeah. our we sexy went, factor. We went up from 95,000 to 94,997. Girls, his
4: hair is officially tousled.
6: It's
3: good. <laughs> do, you, do you, like, put a product in your hair to get that look?
6: That's I know that's just a natural look for me, you know. Okay. But although I'm from you know, living in London now at the moment, I'm actually originally from Dublin, and I am Irish, just so you know. Excellent. I
5: thought that's Excellent. what I was
3: picking up. So I apologize if I... Misrepresented you misrepresented him. him. I did not. I said he was his heritage,
5: his, his heritage. Her-
3: his heritage, all right. and across from me, trying to regain control desperately. <laughs> podcast producer, not even really trying all that hard, but you should <laughs> be. Failure, Rick Brett Snyder. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. So we got some comics news, some movie news, a little bit of movie news, some TV news, and even wrestling news. We have. Woo-hoo. That's why we have our Hugo winner here tonight. This is gonna be a for, big all show. for all my
0: Christners. Wait, th- you oh. want a
4: Hugo for wrestling?
0: Well, among a, other
4: things. No, he wrestled. A very a guy rare named Hugo. Category. Oh. category. The category won't be there next year.
5: <laughs> one no. wrestling
3: Hugo. One. Okay, oh. uh, like it's a, a whole different Hugo. <laughs> so we we have no actual letters this week. Oh, what? So We did get one email from. Oh. We did get a fan email from a fanroid who said he he was grateful that his letter was read last week on the air, uh-huh. and he was going to stop by tonight to pick up his swag. Whoa, ladies and gentlemen,
5: Brian is here. Oh.
3: Is coming to get his swag from Long uh, Swag Bag.
1: Um, Say hi, guys. Well, hi, uh, everybody. I, uh, I don't have the swag bag this week.
3: <laughs> you, what? You?
1: You I, uh, do. We sent you oh, up to the wait. car. Oh, <laughs> here it is. Oh, it's on my other pocket. All
3: That's right. That's a big pocket.
1: All right. So, in honor of our first fan coming to the podcast, that is. I think it was this one. I do All believe right. it
3: was in a, a yes, egg-shaped thing. This
1: I will hand this to you personally, Mr. Brian wow. S. Awesome. That, that is so your you.
4: Comic-Con right. exclusive. to no Open way. it up and tell us who it is because we had a lot of controversy we, about that we last really week. We really
3: weren't sure what was going on with that thing.
4: Jimmy Superfly snuck Do up. you like Lord of the Rings? That's what yes. counts. Okay. Oh. Ooh. 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 L- Ron? L. Ron? L. Ron? That, that is I, an Elron. That's what Rick I said. Ron. Yes. L. Ron I said Hubbard! It was L-, yeah, Ron from the L. Ron very Hubbard! You said it was L.
3: Ron Hubbard, and we were very he confused said by that it was L. Ron Hubbard. No, it totally is L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, okay, it's great. Like uh, right now, your operational Phaetans are perfect. How did you find out about the podcast? Because you said you were a recent listener.
0: That's right, yeah. So actually, um, I met derek uh at a round table discussion here at elusive comics and games okay oh i really thought
3: you well. we were yeah. gonna yeah. say at, at a round, round, table. At a round pizza. table pizza and, and you're the moderator right and, yeah uh, a few months ago that and uh and then i was kind of like looking at the elusive website and i know some links so i kind of you know found the fanboy planet link she finally
5: put our link on there
3: and there was yeah. podcasts yeah. there so yeah oh, so sweet so, yeah. Hey, hey. absolutely right. true
5: and so. who is your favorite uh podcast character he doesn't have to answer. Character? We all know. It's okay. It's the soup, Pimp. It's you, Mom.
2: <laughs> 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 you guys all add you know, There you go. Flavor. Well done.
3: There you like go. We're like a gumbo. <laughs> we're
5: like, I, have, I have one more a question. A gumbo
3: gumbo. We're like stone, like stone soup.
5: <laughs> one more question. Why didn't you email sandpaper at fanboyplanet.com two instead of I know. Let him, let him that's, a, that's a good question.
3: Uh, I don't know. I just decided
4: to go with editor. You know, it was more, first, the more official. There you go. I think first. there's so many spellings for Sam who the favorite was. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. And editor is shorter. <laughs> that's true. That's
1: true. There yeah, you go. Less type, mm-hmm.
3: so. And less caustic. <laughs> there yes. you go. Well, we well, appreciate you okay. listening. No. Thank you for writing in. Enjoy
1: your Lord of the Rings <laughs> mini
3: bus. And here's to yeah, Brian, everyone. We have audio proof. Does someone or, have a camera? Or, Does someone have a camera?
4: Feel free to take, take a seat uh, in the bleachers and, uh, <laughs> for the rest of the crowd. <laughs> this studio is getting better and better every week. <laughs> yeah, we awesome. should get a group
1: picture with them, and you can post it on the website or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that'd be great. All so right, are you uh, going to stick around, or are you yeah, taking off? Oh, All
3: right, cool cool. Right, so let's, uh, let's talk some... Uh, let's bore the hell out of this <laughs> All guy. right, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, man. <laughs> <podcast>. Wow. <laughs> Best podcast Best ever. ever. Let's theme. have the
1: worst one.
3: Okay. Uh, so let's talk about uh, Rick uh Alerted me to something that showed up on the Facebook fan page. Today it did Comics
4: for Comic Con. The Comic Con fan page announced today. About this. this. Now, if you're hilarious. listening to this now, you're already probably too it's late. Too late. It's too yeah. late because they announced today that the hotels for Comic Con opened today. What? And we had just announced the last week's I thought show that we was March something. March 29th is what they said in the magazine. They said, but you know when when you're when you're faced with a Comic-Con magazine wide. when you, when you're faced with a magazine, something paper, arcane, you know, something your grandfather used to use or the internet. What are you going to choose? What do you well, gonna choose?
0: Well, today is Orthodox March 29th. Is
4: it Orthodox? Yeah, <laughs> so. Thank
0: you, Reverend Chris. <laughs> um, but today yeah, they, there Thought was more, a there was uh, a notice uh, Reverend Doctor
4: that, Doctor. that uh, <laughs> the hotel's open today. The third.
1: Are we now, sure it wasn't for Esquire. Wondercon?
4: No, it was for Comic-Con, because right. I am not a fan of the WonderCon. No, I know, dude. but
1: maybe they might have had a typo or something. No, no. no, no, no but let, him, let him reveal the I'll, full I'll, story. I'll let you oh, off the hook. Rick's more. being
4: coy. <laughs> because the, the hotels that actually opened up today were the Mission Valley hotels. The four that are out in the hinterlands where you actually get a Sherpa mm-hmm. to bring oh, so you into the... This is a non-story then, is what you're saying. No,
3: it's not a non-story. What it's saying is that basically if you um, don't get a hotel and you go, okay, I'll take the ones out in the hinterlands
4: then you're less sure. likely to get one.
0: Yeah, and they're nice hotels. I've stayed in all of them.
4: They're probably fairly nice. <laughs> yeah, they are. But they're <laughs> Never allowed to more than once. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: his, his, that's why his picture is behind the, <laughs> oh, behind the
0: counter on each okay. one. Yeah, I did some terrible things in the town and country. I'm yeah. not going to lie. You are not the no, rolling stone. The town, town and country <laughs>
5: is the one that was the satellite badge pickup last year, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ah. So that's what opened today? Yes. Yeah, yeah great. One of great, great. Thanks a lot, Comic Con, for absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, I don't know if they're actually sold out today, but uh, well, I'm sure they are. Uh, well, yeah. do you have a place to live for the Image I, Expo? But, what, yeah, what, my house. What we should okay. take, what we should take <laughs> as a happy. lesson here is that you need to friend, you need to like the fa- the Comic Con fan page.
5: Yeah, but then you need to be on Facebook all day long while you're at work.
2: No, and, 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 and your problem, you, I
4: got it before I left for work today. I've
3: got an easy solution. Shut up! You Were need you, a day job. You, you need <laughs> a day job. Here's my solution.
0: Let's this all. This leisure thing. It's just rubbing us all the wrong way. Sorry. Let's hey, a, become a, a become a volunteer at the museum. Then you I am just now officially a hobo.
1: Oh, <gasps> Lon has a suggestion. Let's all pitch in. And rent a Winnebago and go down there Walking Dead style. Huh? Come on. It'll be a total Comic-Con field trip.
3: Walking Dead style? You know, because they They're all live in an out an the RV. Winnebago. And uh, they'll uh, just shoot people walking by. <laughs> <the> <laughs> well, you look-
1: know there's going to be people dressed as zombies <laughs> out oh, yeah. there. Oh, look oh, dead no. to me. I oh, okay. will have to run them over <laughs> with the RV. Okay.
5: Uh, sir. then we'll <laughs> have somewhere to
3: sleep. <laughs> but we should talk just a little briefly on Image Expo. It looks to me... Like Mr. Nate Cost is going to be representing us very well at the Image Expo next week. Yeah, yeah, next weekend. That's right, next weekend. And can you talk about some of the people that uh, you have lined? Well, one of the people that you have lined up. The an interview only
5: with? person I have actually lined up an interview. But this with is a big one. Is Todd McFarlane? Oh nice. yes. Hey. Nate Cost is going to oh. be talking Tommer. with nice. Todd McFarlane. I hear he's got a a new comic out. No, no, uh, a new uh, baseball to buy.
4: Will you take my uh, my queen figures and have
5: them? I sign thought you it? were going, Rick. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <Why can't> you <laughs> you oh.
3: need a day job at least to give you a sense of time passing, Rick. What you were my that? ride.
1: Oh, oh, oh that well, I met You <laughs> <We> <laughs> two are going together to Oakland. It was nice knowing you guys. It was yeah. nice knowing you guys. We're leaving before sunset. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the Walking Dead metaphors. Exactly. Okay, all right. No hey, better place. Just be careful, and if worst comes to worst, pull out like an Occupy sign, okay. and you can sneak through the crowd. <laughs> okay,
0: yeah, you're dead by five. You're dead by seven.
5: So we'll be fine. I go to Warriors games out there all the time. That's not really Oakland. Five, Nine. That's not real Oakland. Come out and play. <laughs>
1: All right, moving on. What are yes. we doing? Um,
3: well, uh, we're going to say that the that a giant did pass this week in comics. John John Severin passed away oh. at the age of 90. I'm not um, familiar of this
5: John Severin what? you speak of. Uh,
4: Nick Fury and uh, the
5: Incredible th- Hulk, Mad Magazine, Crack Magazine. Or, uh, he drew all Commandos. these. He drew them. Huge
6: progress. influence.
3: Oh, yeah. He worked on the uh, and went forward, and even up until the 21st century, he was the artist on the infamous Rawhide Kid uh, yeah. miniseries. He was
0: uh, at like 80 something. Yes. Yeah. yes, wow. That was the, that was the first time I ever came across it. That then. was a guy
3: kind of at the top of his game till almost the very end. Yeah, wow. So I mean, at the end of his game. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So um, really good, really great artist. And like I think there should be right. a big influence on like He's Howard like the Chaykin of um, and. Uh, a lot of more John Cassidy a lot of the kind of more realistic uh, artists okay. uh, he, was a, right. he was a huge influence and so some great work out there um so, so let me guess,
1: Marvel's it. trying to, I don't know, buy all his rights and screw his family. And oh, movies. you want to talk about that? Okay, good. No, yeah, no, no well, I'm, I'm saying, to, though, uh, that's usually what they do to all the old dead artists. So. Well, wait a minute. well, they, they
0: usually do it while they're still alive.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay, they do that,
3: too. And, there. in fact, that's what's going on this week. So let's talk about that next. Great. But anyway, <laughs> yes? John Severin. John Severin, yeah.
4: R- related to Marie Severin. Yes, that's her. That, that's yeah. his wife.
3: Uh, that No, it's sister. Sister. Oh, okay. And she is recovering from a stroke right now, herself in her mid-80s, I guess. Wait, Marie Severin was a colorist for Marvel in the but
1: related to Doc Severin, right from the Tonight
3: Show. Oh, Severinson. I don't know who yeah. that is. That's but Doc Severin no, was
0: Doc on Severin. the Tonight Show. Or you mean Dan Severin, the beast uh, of the early UFCs? He was related to Dan to Doc
3: Severin. So. Oh, okay. I mean, we're going to be severing this conversation right oh! now. Oh, and wait!
1: That was a pun and a good segue. <laughs> yeah,
3: thank you. I love mm-hmm. segue. However, its power was diluted. By Lawn. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's go to the, the ultimate at first. solvent. <laughs> I helped. Yeah, but he's only a guest. I'm helping. Oh, you could you. have helped me. <laughs> I know how it goes. Okay. I was All only right. complimenting you. So. Mm-hmm. A- anyway, uh, we will go to uh, talents being screwed over by Marvel this week. Uh, Gary Friedrich, who is, uh, had, created, had filed he- a lawsuit against Marvel trying to claim.
1: Gary Friedrich, the lead singer of Extreme? Who is that? No. Uh illustrator uh, guy?
3: The creator of Ghostwriter. Oh. In- legend creator. Well, here's what I would say. If you look in the actual first page, I think we yeah. probably have it behind us there. Yeah. Is, is there a Ghostwriter Essential over there? Don't uh, uh, no, lean back too the, far, That's the Rick. one thing we have. Volume one up there. Higher, yeah, Ghostwriter. Uh, under up, G, up, 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 Under no, G. Next higher. one.
0: Up. One shelf All right, there. Oh, my God. It's oh. like that thing on the Price is Right where you try to get the Yodeler.
3: Okay. <laughs> uh, what does the credit what do the credits say? On the actual page, not on the in. Oh, Rick is looking. He's it opened the says,
4: book. It says, "Edited by Stanley, conceived Pieved and, and written, written by Gary, Gary Friedrich." Friedrich.
3: So it was Whoa. Right on the first appearance of smoking the smoking gun about wow, that. And bum- drawn bum- by Mike bum- Plug and Richard. And Mike Plug apparently also is one who disagrees that Gary Fre- says Gary Friedrich did not create it, that he kind of is claiming himself. Aided and embedded by Roy Thomas. Yes. Yeah, oh, that really? doesn't
1: hold up in court. Probably
3: not. Well, but the thing is, it's right there, it says conceived. But now the question is was it a work for hire or all that? But anyway, the courts ruled against Gary Friedrich and they said uh, and so, uh, as Disney's wait, lawyers, what was he doing with wh- the what Ghost Rider was, name? What he was asking for was he was going to conventions and he was uh, signing, selling artwork. Uh, at, Signing and claiming and saying he was the creator of Ghost Rider, so he was
1: probably making a cool, I don't know, two, three thousand dollars, cool hundreds of dollars a year. And what he was
3: saying was, you know, Ghost Rider was popular enough to warrant uh, Daddy, Daddy Marvel got to two films. Had been in some animated series, was in the animated Hulk series, video game, action figures, right. And so he's not getting any of that, and so he he sued, asking for due credit. Uh, He is lost. Because uh, they're claiming that's a work for hire it was 73 before the laws changed. In okay, 78. well then I would
5: guess and Marvel
1: would just to... leave it alone
3: and then do. And what
5: it... else did he have to do?
3: So now he has to. Uh, so I'm getting to you, Nate. <laughs> this is he, the best part. <laughs> he has to pay all the court costs. He owes seventeen thousand dollars to Disney. Apparently, he's like near destitute, and uh, his eyesight's failing, so he's really incapable of working. Uh, and he's, you know, he's in his late 60s, early 70s. Um, so the Hero Initiative is is stepping up uh, to try to help. But uh, anyway, he owes $17,000 and forbidden to bill himself as the creator to sign any merchandise. And, they, and they're... The and one thing he could do still to make any money. Yes. And so the assumption, uh, the they're fear... They're taking
5: away tens of dollars per convention. Yeah. 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 Those those guys, man. It
3: seems rather petty. Now, Joe Casada gave an interview today, made a statement that... Uh, that he believed that the Hero Initiative was the, the recourse and uh, that uh, he was going to give to that and was encouraging people to give to Hero if they wanted to uh, help Gary Friedrich out. There was a call, I believe it was Stephen R. Bissett who put out there that uh, perhaps Nicholas Cage, who claims to be a huge comics fan, and uh, since the only comic, well, because he was in Kick-Ass, Dude, too, Nick but, Cage the, is broke. but yeah. the superhero he got to play, is Ghost Rider, maybe he could... Uh, Pay that seventeen thousand dollars is a big thing because it has been all over the news. Like it was, it was yeah. on CNN. It was all over, and this is egg on the face. The fear is that if they're doing this to Gary Friedrich, what does that mean to Artis Sally, the people that do commissioned pictures that that uh, Warner and oh, Disney gonna... have not? Dude, so yeah. so it's easy for Joe Casada to give a statement and say, "No, we're not going to patrol Artis Sally. But it wasn't Joe Casada. It was Disney. It was Disney. All right, and... now let's pause
1: for a second and let's rewind our episode we did. The emergency episode that we did was all about Disney bought Marvel. What are they going to be the repercussions? Well, now we're
3: starting to see they're they're lighting Mickey's head on fire, pretty right?
1: much, and they're going to take
4: all the money from it. The so buzz goes through our, our artist Sally. The mouse, is coming. Oh, the mouse, the mouse is, coming. is coming. The mouse is coming.
0: The oh, mouse is coming. It's funny that uh, we Hide actually your were talking about this on Monday with uh, Mo Starkey, uh, Hugo nominated artist Mo Starkey, yes,
3: who, who drew in Vampire Tales or Two of Dracula way back in the I know I have her one of really? the essential tomb of Dracos she mentioned that when we oh, met, wow, when we that. worked on the uh, know panel at Westercon last year yeah oh, wow. but uh, yeah she I, uh, I actually know things about people you know oh, that's you just sh- claim you know frightening them. <laughs> yeah um, but uh, <laughs> yeah we were talking good. about
0: that and basically it's come up with you know from now on the only thing I can do is original stuff on i the artist alley right. and that that concern you know is running rife cuz that actually is a fair chunk of change for a lot of these small mm-hmm. press artists right and so, you know, it's it's a concern, and Disney is not one to mess with in these cases, as right. they have proven the over fear the years. Is
3: it's not, not just Disney, then. Does Warner Brothers wake up to it?
0: Yeah, and there's everybody – and then there's the copyright law go insane
1: and shut down has all – No, I know, but, but does, then there's a creep into the cons yeah. and everything else. And, well, I mean, it actually already has. I mean, we noticed that with uh, – with any kind of uh, uh, cinema thing in their film fest, you couldn't do yeah. any uh, copyrighted likeness or character in any of the films. Uh-huh. And, so, yeah, it's yeah, it's out of control, man. It's rough. You know?
5: There was a, a tweet up that I happened to catch part of. People I see. were saying, Are you going to be able to, people aren't going to be able to, s- to draw on the blank covers. And Dan Slot's like, It's a blank cover, it's for drawing on. I don't think anybody's getting in trouble. Yeah, for but that. they can't draw copyrighted characters. Exactly. So it's uh, they're gonna
1: like what you can't cosplay anymore because you're representing a
5: likeness of a character. Is, and like, there's already been lawsuits. Not about the that. right road to go down, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. If Bye. that's
1: the case, we'll never watch another Disney film again.
5: Oh, I can't
3: lie. You can't lie. What? I'll be watching Disney films. No, you're part of the no problem. <laughs> I, I am. Oh. So I go, and i saying, well, boycott the ghost, ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance this weekend. Yeah, hey, that the, won't
0: be a problem for most people, though. Right. right. Disney movies
3: they, would be difficult. <laughs> yeah. Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, that's easy to boycott because, you know what, they didn't offer press screening, which tells me. Yeah.
4: Um, it won't make enough to cover the court costs. Yeah,
3: it, it might be, it, it, yeah. They might have actually made a sequel worse than the original.
4: <laughs> nice. Nice. That never happens.
3: They might make a sequel. <laughs> might have made a sequel worse than the previous film by that te- that screenwriting team. Breaking New Jonah Man.
0: Hex. Mm. So, um, which that, by the way was that fantastic. is a goal. <laughs> Actually,
3: if you see Ghost Rider: Spirit Adventures at the end, Jonah Hex makes sense.
0: Oh, my God. It was Chris his God, sled. Who loves <laughs> Jonah Hex? <laughs> okay. Actually, I love the two minutes of Jonah Hex with uh, Megan Fox in the uh, 15-inch corset. Okay. Well, that's great. Uh, we're going to move on to the New 52
3: <laughs> surveys. Do you remember a few months ago, uh, Nate was the one that sent around on the Internet. They had a survey. first time that anybody had done an actual survey of comics readers for which of the New 52. I don't
5: even remember that.
3: You were the one that alerted <laughs> us to I that know. survey. So I, I, I believe
5: you. <laughs> and they should. They went ahead with it anyway. And
3: they were and they were doing surveys outside of comic book stores on the day when like the, exit polls. Yeah, exit polls. Mm. They were doing all this. this the first time anybody had done that. And the results were released this week. Yes.
1: What were these? They were all glowingly
5: awesome. Pull
3: out your spreadsheet. Well Derek. what they did was they found out the demographic, basically. Who who came into comic shops to buy the new fifty two? The French. It turns out women. A lot of guys in their late thirties, forties <laughs> and fifties. Who mm-hmm. had been reading comic books anyway? Although a few uh, did say that they had had fallen away and oh, returned. So they, so they brought of the more so they had of these trouble guys with their in knees, that. or what? Yeah, they had fallen and couldn't get up. So. so
0: what this is exactly analogous to is what's happening in wrestling right now. What is? We're not with, going to wrestling. No, anymore. no, we can't. He's going to make an analogy. Yes, uh, an analogy, and it's going to be a good one. The Rock, with his return if you to you the show, is bringing smell. back. Viewers who went off in the 2004, 5, 6 range when The Rock and all of them sort of started falling away and you were left with John Cena. That would be me. Yeah. And now with now there are the fans who are at that point who are now coming back again. This is exactly the same. It's a pattern that you see all the time when you go back to reinvention. Have so they brought mankind back? If, yes. He's yes. Back. He's back. What? Yeah. He, yeah. Was he was on, on 30, was on 30 right? a couple of
4: weeks ago. That's <laughs> he true. Was? he yes, was. He was. <laughs> Damn, it was pretty fun. and Mr. Cannot, Sacco. Yes.
0: Mankind cannot believe these clouds in Congress. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was a great moment. So uh, yeah, so nothing too terribly surprising. And I know they were trying to reach a younger audience. And when we had my friend Ron Talbot on a few months ago, and he'd said like I feel like I'm the I'm the person they were trying to go for. And I said I don't really I didn't really feel like they were trying to go for us, right? Um, you know, I thought they were trying to catch kids that were in their teens that were playing video games. Well, you'd
4: think that, that that was how they reset it, that is a good one. but yeah. all, the, all they did was really confuse a lot of people. So they, they just did.
3: really just Reiterated.
1: sold to their same fan base and just made them all confused and angry. Yeah, and the worst yes.
0: part is that when you try to go back to that well again, you get diminishing returns, and right. it's obvious that, you know, to go to that level again would be well, difficult in the next 10 20 years. Well, we know that Chased yeah. me away.
3: We know that they have the they still have the escape clause with the,
4: the
3: flashpoint flash barrier. Yeah.
4: But do you think there was any book that they came out with, really any book that they came out with that they couldn't have done without having to reboot the entire universe? They could have just canceled everything and come out with 52 new titles, given them good writers and good artists, and just said, "This is the well, new 52." Well, I do
3: think that Graham Morrison's rethinking of Superman in action is probably. But you've had individual Adam
4: reboots Adam? that haven't had to destroy the whole. Well, universe but that before. because it was
3: different enough. Yeah. Uh, that had that was clearly had to be fit, fitting in a different continuity, but overall, a lot of what's been hap- happening in the new 52 feels like. What they did with tangent, and I thought tangent was, yeah. was fun, but it yeah. was like you knew that was a one-off thing. Is there are names that are suddenly repurposed yes. just so so the old old fans will go, oh, I recognize that name, but it's not. You know, it's really just kind of a, a weird else world. So um, just look at that. Uh, you're going to be going to Gallifrey. Yes. Is it Gallifrey
4: one? Is that what Gallifrey is actually one? Yeah, oh, yeah. They're 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 oh, Chris is going to be there too. Gala- is James.
1: that why yeah. James Gallifrey? is here?
3: That's really why James is here.
4: Yeah, kind of.
1: What
3: the f is Gallifrey?
4: Gallifrey. This is, is the
3: part where you usually walk away from the.
4: It's table. British.
3: No, I'm
1: doing it so that way you explain it to the listeners at home, to. and that you
4: know. Lon's the everyman. Mm. Oh
3: God, every, His this last is, name is Everyman. Every this is, is why everyman. I don't mingle. Uh, so uh, yes, Actually, I'm I, want gonna, to,
4: I want Chris to explain Gallifrey. Chris, why? explain you it. You are a convention Gallifrey. king. Yes. and James can interject because he has the accent.
0: And, and it's and charming. Going. It's that's charming. right. So Gallifrey is the largest and longest continuously running Doctor Who convention in the world at the moment.
1: Okay. Where do I, how do I get out of here?
0: You don't. No, <laughs> trapped you. are <You're> trapped. That's, <laughs> that's
4: at the moment. But given time travel, there could be one there that could, be, could show up yeah, there could and be one. Like, like, double the number in a couple <laughs> yeah. of seconds.
0: And it's at the beautiful LAX Marriott. And this year's, the top guest in my eyes is Paul McGann, the eighth Doctor. Yes, the
3: one on Fox TV. Yes,
0: yep. exactly. Um, the movie. Set in San Francisco. <sighs> And uh, I'm actually going with wow. no with no plans. Uh, I'm just going actually to the convention to enjoy the convention.
4: Wow. And How's that going to feel? We are, uh, it's we have, very rare for me. <laughs> we are getting there in time for LobbyCon.
0: <laughs> yes, we are getting there in time for LobbyCon, which runs the length of the con. Yes, um, but in, it starts on Wednesday. It starts on Wednesday and goes until Tuesday. Yes, okay. and then, James, you're
6: going for... Yeah, I, I'm going down to promote a bid to bring the World Science Fiction Convention to London in 2014. So uh, I've already... Oh, well, I have already. I was in Chicago last week for a convention called Capricorn. It was a science fiction convention. They had John Scalzi there, and uh, their guests included uh, Cory Doctorow. Oh. And uh, uh, it was quite a good convention. So I'm continuing on my trip across the uh, United States, heading to Gallifrey, because it's sort of a part of fandom that we need to all tap into now and again. And they, uh, they like comics, too, so I'm pretty c- yes. I'm happy to be going. Yeah. Yeah. So it looks like it's going to be a great time. It's at the LAX
0: Marriott, which uh, I know from Lost Cons for years and years. Uh, there's a huge party scene. Kevin and Andy, I believe, will be bringing the Tiki Dalek. Uh,
3: well, the Tiki Dalek would have to go. Which to is the one of my I favorite
0: want. things. And uh, and yeah, it's going to be a great time. I'm looking forward to it. Rick, are you looking forward to
4: it? I certainly am, and I'm going to be reporting on the IDW. Uh, right. We have a, they, yeah. they're having an, this, the official announcement
3: will be this weekend, but they've already leaked it. Is that IDW is publishing a Star Trek. Doctor Who crossover whoa so excited yeah which is something whoa. it was Russell T. Davis's dream yeah to make happen but this is actually Matt Smith this was the 11th who's Doctor, Russell T. Davis the guy who revived Doctor Who mm. uh, and does Torchwood and so like a creator producer yes Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes, for some reason creative creative I thought it
1: was producer. like one of the doctors well not a
0: creator I don't think it was, he was born when the first Doctor Who aired no no but he is
3: a creator of other shows <laughs> yeah absolutely he, um, so,
0: he did an American show too didn't he
3: uh, well, if you count the stars, Torchwood.
0: I'm
1: curious, oh, though. How that. do you think a show like Doctor Who, that does like extensive time travel and stuff, is going to mix with a show like Star Trek, that's which never does, really does excessive really time really. travel?
2: <laughs> oh. oh, right. As
3: IDW is in the middle of the Star Trek Legion superheroes crossover, yes. which is excellent. <laughs> Oh, it is so fanboy the, re-
0: the rediscovery of Star Trek over the past three years has been really phenomenal, I think. and because there was you know we went for five years without without any Star Trek anything and then we got the movie and then the movie sort of ended and Trek fandom actually sort of it's slowly a bunch of the big conventions actually didn't happen over the past couple of it's
4: years It's funny too because if you i I follow the the paperback uh, novelizations that mm-hmm. have happened over the years and they're actually at a low frequency right now. yeah. But, but the comics are on the upswing. IDW exactly. is doing a great job. Well, you know
1: why? They made the movie too friggin' cool. So oh. that's why everybody else is like, it's all you mainstream think- now. And all the book readers, you know, they want to see the movie. They're not going to read the books, right?
6: Well, I also think there's a cycle. I think there's a cycle between Star Trek and Star Wars. In the yeah, early 80s, yeah. we had Star Wars. Previously, we had Star Trek. And now we've uh, got the Phantom Menace. And around 1991, 1992, I'm sure you remember the Air the Empire books coming out from Star Wars. Yes, yes. Uh, Lucas had sort of seemed to purchase back lots of rights to his product, and suddenly then, Star Wars was in the ascendancy. Star Trek was descending, descending out of popularity. And now we've sort of come through a massive time of Star Wars, and Star Trek is coming back. I think... You're quite correct. The movie really, they, oh the, the movie was God. really good. I <laughs> don't know what you just said. <laughs> the movie was really good, yet it actually didn't sort of capture fandom like the TV series did. Yeah. So yeah. they didn't capitalize on it with a vast range of comics or books or anything else. Right. So I think Star Trek will come back. At the moment, Star Wars it seems to be a bit flaccid. Not much happening with it. So that's my thinking on it anyhow. Yeah.
0: Well, it's now it's in 3D. So there's no, nowhere to no, go. But, but
1: here's out. well, here's what Star Trek needs to do to compete with Star Wars: start uh, doing cool car commercials <laughs> and uh, selling out their product like Nike ads and everything else. Because every, every if time we get you turn on a, to direct them, out before every that. Every time you turn on a commercial now on TV, it's either a Darth Vader kid, dogs barking, the the Star Wars thing. Imperial yeah. March. Uh, what was the one of the Super Bowl? They had the Cantina or something. Yeah, those a follow to the dog Star Wars commercial kid. where the Cantina the was Vader like, kid. "Oh,
5: Darth Vader kid wasn't." And then like a couple the years dogs ago, dogs are better.
1: Wasn't there a soccer commercial with like uh, Nike or no? It was like Adidas or something in the Cantina. I mean, Lucas is just making commercials all over the place. So, Star Trek. Let's see some Spock commercials or something. You know what I mean? Or like some. You have the Priceline
0: negotiator. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, or like True. do something with a Gorn. Or uh, a Rathacon awesome. or something. I you think Gore would be more awesome. I think uh, bringing back the works back of away. John
3: Nor... <laughs> <Yeah>. Back away. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Uh, uh. So, actually, while, while we've got John <laughs> James forward on a rant here, we're going
0: to talk about Before Watchmen. Go! Yes. Hello. My name is Christopher J. Garcia. I'll be in the pro category. Um, I believe we've learned something over these years, that if you ignore your audience long enough... And their demands, you end up like World Championship Wrestling in two thousand. Dead. Comics is an industry, and we must remember that at all times, as much as it is our first love in many cases. And it's a good thing no one can giving see this. giving the audience what they want, and I believe what they want is more Watchmen, giving them what they want and doing it well. Especially after that movie. Yeah, exactly. Now they want to get that washed out of the, that taste out of their mouth. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay. And so, giving them the before Watchmen is the right move. Because it lets the industry, it helps the industry. Mr. Garcia, it's your time. <laughs> <laughs>
6: and to counterpoint, yeah, I think that um, Alan Moore created a great standalone series of twelve comic books, and they should be just left alone. I'm very disappointed and conflicted that DC have announced uh, before Watchmen series. Uh, it troubles me because the lineup of creators is so fantastic. It is. Like I'm a big Darwin C- Cook fan. Like he did Batman Ego and I thought it was amazing. He did the uh, the Justice League series, the, the New Frontier, and I thought that was brilliant. He's had a great run on a number of comics, including Superman. And I really respect the guy lots, until the point where he turns around and does to Alan Moore that he wasn't prepared to do to Richard Stark. Like, when it comes to Parker, he's all about, oh, yes, Richard Stark's really sort of emailing me to and from about how I'm doing this comic. But obviously, with Watchmen... He doesn't really care about what Alan Moore thinks. And that sort of does affect me because although it's an industry and a product and everything else, I do personally feel, I've, I've met Alan Moore, he's contributed and to fanzines that, and he's contributed fanzines that myself and Chris have edited. He's such a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. He's always smiling, very happy, loves fans, will sign anything. I've never seen him grumpy or upset or you know. But he's characterized
3: in the press quite a bit that way.
6: Yeah. Absolutely, and we know what the press is like. So, you know, there's no... Shut up, man. We're right here. (laughs) (laughs) So I think, well, I I think one of the most important things is that we should dispel that when you read Alan Moore in an in interview, you need to remember that most of the time he's got a particular tone to his voice, which is smiling. And yes. if you see him when he's talking, he always has a glint in his eye, the smile lines. He's actually a very nice and pleasant person. So the idea that, you know, what he says is what he says, and when we read it, we need to remember that it's not actually sort of, we don't, we miss the tone. And I think that, you know, for somebody who is quite as unique as Alan Moore to say, I prefer if people didn't do this, if other creators who don't need to work. Darren Cook doesn't need to work. You know, the Cuber Butters don't need to work. Amanda Connor stands on her own. She's an amazing artist. All these people who we really respect, do they really need to work? No, they don't need to work. But, and if, they, I, but if they didn't take it up, DC some, would
3: just find somebody else. Yeah, some well, then, you and you know, before Watchmen by Rob Liefeld. I just want you yeah. to think about <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, it would happen regardless, but it, Rob Liefeld would be involved. You know, you're hurting your own soul Like right I know now. it's, I think No, no, no I did it for, for a cause.
6: Go ahead. <laughs> Like, I, obviously DC here in my mind are the people who've made a bad decision. They've opened a Pandora's box, and I don't think they should have. Uh-huh. I think for fans, there was always an element of we'd like to have it. That's true. But then also we always want, to, if we were asked for a recommendation, who hasn't recommended Watchmen as a comic to read to new readers? Right. So, you know, why are we messing around with something that's quite so perfect in a sense? But then also I just, I'm tremendously conflicted because I do like these creators. Uh, you know, I haven't said I'm definitely not buying the comics because, of course, The Minutemen by Darwin Cook is an amazing idea and concept, if it was done with Alan Moore.
1: Now, can I counterpoint or at least propose this question to you? As a comic reader, it was sacrilege to even consider anything like, let's say, for example, bringing back Captain America's sidekick, Bucky. And that got brought back to a lot of uh, controversy. Yeah,
3: there was controversy. However,
1: it was done in such a way that... It made sense, and people liked it, and it was well written, and it didn't seem like such a bad idea afterwards. So is there quite possibly a chance that it, this might be a bad idea in concept,
0: but could be a great idea in
1: execution?
0: That That is not, not where I think it's actually going to head, except there is a huge specter that is Alan Moore um, and the issues he's had
3: with DC. And he can send his soul forth.
0: Yes,
1: that's true. Wait, Um, Alan Moore is the Spectre? Yes. Oh, I missed (laughs) that issue. The
4: the real question is, does this activity, does this new set of prequel books diminish the original
6: work? I I think it's going to be impossible to diminish the original work per se. Okay. But what it does, it's just a tremendous act of disrespect. That's that's, that's, that's the key. Sure, comic books, just to come back to your point, comic books are, of course, have, are one of the amazing uh, forms of literature in my mind, which, yes, we have no qualms whatsoever about different writers taking over. That's very common. You know, yeah. we've had characters for quite some length of time. If we were to list the amount of characters who have written something like Batman or Superman, we'd be going on all night. No issue at all with that, but here is a man who created a standalone series and has said, I don't want it to be yeah. taken yeah. anywhere else. I kind of feel on
3: the same week that we are com- um, talking about Gary Friedrich being yeah. completely hosed over by Disney, you used a very good phrase. I would say the entire comics industry is based on tremendous acts of disrespect. Yeah. But yeah. here's
6: the thing,
1: though, because we reported this last week or maybe a couple weeks ago. Is it disrespect because they're going against his wishes to do it? Or are they, is it because you were reported last week that he had originally plotted out he earlier a, stories? He had
3: a, he had a Minutemen uh, miniseries planned. He also so when you say the standalone yeah, work, that's wait so, I gotta, that's gotta go kinda, give it. Yeah. Is that he also wrote the Bible for three role playing games and there were there were prequels as well. So it's not like so it's not it wasn't, it wasn't there. a standalone. It is now an issue of he is mad at D C. Whether that's right to me, if you look at both sides of the story, it does feel like um, he threw a snit, which in his own work he says that he often does, he throws snits and he understands that that he can be very difficult. Uh, and and is mad sometimes sometimes at the wrong people. Um, th- th- because when you say D.C. made this decision, I would say by all accounts, the truth of the matter is, D.C. is owned by Warner Entertainment. And Warner is the one who has basically said to the people that have their jobs and like being the spokespeople for D.C., you need to do something with, with, with watch with this
6: property. And isn't it such a shame? Because oh, you know, I at agree the end of that, the day, we, they've yeah. got such a lineup of creators. Like, if they'd taken those creators off and given them time and space and said, come up with something fantastically interesting, put superheroes super into the First World War, for instance, mm-hmm. or just come up with a new line, or then go back and get but a whole the re- other line. But, the re- but wait, but yeah. get, a, get a whole line of, say, existing but not very well-known characters who aren't part of the 52 and do something interest with them, interesting with them. Those creators could have done something. Now, I understand what you're saying. That there is a commercial basis for this, yeah. but then you know, and that's comics all over. But then, as a comic book reader, and somebody who appreciates the you know the co- comics myself, it's obviously going to be the people who choose. And I do think there will be a lot of people who choose to mm-hmm. leave this one alone. Yeah.
3: But I, I would also agree with his statement that Alan Moore made. I think it was over the weekend that you know that our pop culture is devouring itself and going circular and circular and tighter circles. And that in our lifetime we are going to see Johnny Depp playing Captain Crunch. That's how bad our po- our well, pop culture has
2: become.
0: Well, let me let me go to the other side though. This has been happening since the Greeks and Absolutely. what the audience wants is a reinterpretation of characters they understand and love. And that that sort of that sort of dichotomy where you're always wanting right. these creators who have these wonderful ideas but working with existing characters and that is where the money is. So well, want,
4: we'll look at like Oedipus what happened next. And the reality yes. and the reality is Which the, exists. Di- the difficulty <laughs>
3: of launching new characters it's not difficult to I mean I love your idea. Yes, let's have Darwin, Darwin Cook create something Patent new and original. Pending. But the reality, you know, a lot of the New 52 has proven this, too, is the characters that people didn't know. Like, everybody decries how there's a, a dearth of, of female characters that have, have lead roles, uh, of, uh, of characters of color. And so what was the first book to be canceled in the New 52? Static Shock. Yeah, it's a shame.
6: I yeah. think that may that's that may be more to do with the the creators that are involved with that comic. Oh, no, maybe, it may yeah. it
3: may really well. But, but I'm saying it's, it's one of the things the support of the book. And we talked we've talked to the the owners of the store here. Like even Birds of Prey was like a great book. Love Birds of Prey, one of their lowest sellers. But DC liked the concept because it's easier to try to. Market to Warner Brothers. Obviously, they once had a television series. It'd be easy to throw it out there again. No, they no, didn't no, want they that didn't.
4: girl
6: showing up. They the did. I have the DVD. I do. No, I never I have the DVD. No, no, no. no. no.
3: DVD. no. no. it did. But okay. But I, I,
6: I, I think I think getting back slightly to your point that Watchmen is one of those. Like DC is making good money out of Watchmen. Anyhow, uh, true, I think true. it was in the top ten graphic novels well, a, last yeah. year 10. 10. Uh, yes. in 2011. So therefore, you know, it's not like it's not a bit of a cash cow going on for them. Sure. But the difficulty here is is that they seem to have approached more in a sort of we're making demands type of way continually. Like, it was argued with me previously that sure, Alan Moore turned around and said, you know, was offered the rights back for Watchmen if he would agree to a, a prequel. Yes. Well, was, was that a conversation, a discussion or a negotiation? Or was it basically just some sort of letter to him saying, right. you can have this or we can right. have that? Right. Like, it's amazing how currently he's working, obviously, on Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen, And he's able to work with publishers. He's able to have his work published. But they seem to be able to discuss and talk to him. And I think DC have made a monumental error by not going, at least not trying anyhow, to have proper conversation over a long time. Like if we go back to 1990 when this was an issue, you know they were not prepared to budge on anything. If they were prepared to offer him uh, the rights back for Watchmen back then, would he have been different? So DC are just compounding an error. Oh, they yeah. don't seem to be able to recognize that they, when they make a mistake, you need to say, "Hey, I'm sorry." Do you think do you see- I don't
0: think they made a mistake, and I think that's their problem. I think that what they did was the absolute right business decision. It was not the right human decision. And, the again, the
3: comics industry is full of that. that yeah. That's what's going on with, like, Gary Friedrich right now. Say, exactly.
0: It is the, the
3: right business decision because you have to protect your copyright. And then go like back to the Ghostwriter case. Mm-hmm. But it is the very wrong human decision. Exactly. It looks really bad. And what, in the, in the grand scheme of things, that $17,000 is, mm-hmm. is a drop in the bucket. Yeah. And, of and they could get goodwill, but to who? Exactly.
6: But comics are read by humans. And I think, I personally think that... Arguable. Uh, think. No, no,
3: he called us human. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, going to take that.
6: I, like, I do wonder whether, and this is maybe an interesting element, if the Before the before Watchmen series may become one of the most pirated comic series ever. Oh, I'm almost... So will. many people will be so conflicted oh. about it that will they be driven to piracy and saying, well, I'm not giving my money to DC, but I'm going to turn around and have a read of what I always wanted to. And I think there's no shortage Website of... sight of the no Black Freighter. No. <laughs> I think there's wow. no shortage of, um, uh, no offence to anyone, middle of the road, middle-aged, middle-class men who've never thought about pirating anything in their life and they'll come along and they'll go out there and find out how to do it with this series. It's just... A, I was just thinking about it because really... It's going to cause so much personal conflict for people because a lo- I, yeah. I have a loyalty to Alan Moore. He's you know, brilliant.
4: There's, there's a... Mm-hmm. Uh, repeatedly, Stephen King, when asked why, how he feels about the way Hollywood wrecked X novel, whatever, whatever, you know, Carrie, whatever, and he will say... Maybe not dead, so they, didn't, they didn't harm the novel at all. They yeah. made a movie of it. And for a while, Alan but Moore the, said the same The movie, thing. the movie is while. not the novel, and the novel will be yeah. the same... For mm-hmm. however long it goes. You're and I, I will agree with you, though, that it is highly disrespectful.
6: Uh, thank you. And, and I agree. You're absolutely correct. King is correct. The Watchmen graphic novel or 12 comics will always stand for what they are. Mm-hmm. But, of course, and these 34 comics may be good, may not be good, but that's not really the problem for me. Mm-hmm. The problem is is that it's interesting that uh, Kevin Smith and Grant Morrison were happy to turn it down. And it just tells me something about their integrity. And as I say, I started off with Darren Cook. I'm a huge fan of Darren Cook, massive fan of his work. And, you know, when it comes to Parker, he goes on quite a length about how respectful he is, how he worked hand in glove with the with the author. Well, it doesn't seem to apply to Alan Moore. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think I we should d- let it go there. We, yeah. we've, we've, I think we've, we've had a thoroughly this
3: polite desktop. Desk yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. That's that's awesome. We've had a civil conversation I mean, this is America? I heard. We're,
0: we're intellectuals, people. We're <laughs> yeah. Doing, we're doing better than a Republican debate. What's just next put, on just the to agenda? Just put the
1: period on it, though. No. It's, it's been kind come. of like The Fast and the Furious. Like a perfect film and really didn't need <laughs> to, you know, any kind of exploitation. And yet they made five of those things. Hey, The
0: Fast and The Furious was the bomb. I'm just saying. They're not done,
5: Lon. They're not done. Travesty. travesty. But we are. What's next, Derek? Uh,
3: Let's uh, let's take this opportunity. James walked away, but... Now, the projects that you are here to, to pitch, a publication, we Oh, in, yes, uh, yes, the Drink
0: Tank, uh, the Hugo-winning fanzine, the Drink Tank, <laughs> available on eFanzines.com.
3: i got to stop saying that because, you know, you're going you're gonna to shill for us to get uh, Hugo for the podcast. That's right, so. for
0: Best Fan Cast. If you're a Hugo voter, vote for Fanboy Planet, the podcast. It's yes. fantastic. You're listening yes. to it. Um, but we're doing an issue, actually, based around uh, – we're actually going to end up doing two issues, and I'm just telling this to James now. Um, one called Before Watchmen, it looks <laughs> the other one be called After Before Watchmen. And this is the one that started, which is yeah. the philosophy more.
6: Yeah, we're, we're doing this fanzine because basically we've read quite a lot of good commentary and thoughts. Uh, and we've pulled together some really interesting writers who write about Alamor. Uh, Laura Sneddon, who writes for Comic Book Resources. Uh, Kate Leite, who is a scholar in the on mm-hmm. Alamor. Patrick Meloid who's uh, written uh, or writing a book on Miracle Man you know we've we've pulled in some interesting mm-hmm. opinions to yeah. try and col- you know yeah. see what people think and it is tremendously split yeah. there is no yeah. denying that there is a, and as an as I say I'm I'm conflicted myself but as somebody who's receiving uh, opinion inwards it's quite interesting to see how people are nearly saying the exact same thing and then at the end saying no or yes yeah. Very interesting. It's very mm-hmm. interesting. It's going and to get us talking, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so if you're interested in that, look at efanzines.com for the drink tank. Send us a note if you got any opinions on that. How many, how many drink tanks are there out there right now? There are 308. So they can read all these for free. They can read all these for free. That's this great. is more than 7,000 pages. And there's Journey something out there, There's too. Journey Planet, another what... zine that we do, our next issue about... Uh,
6: Blade Runner is our next one. Blade subject. Runner? Ooh, and then yeah. we've got two more. Uh, we've got two planned ones for the summer, which is going to be about comics. And uh, we're, we're looking at a number of different angles. But I'm particularly focusing in on female creators and female characters. Mm-hmm. It's an area that's interested us before, from, from Hello Jones to Tulip and Preacher. I have a particular love for female characters, good, strong female characters in comics. So and we're focusing on that. And
0: I'll be looking at my all-time favorite female character, uh, Joni Thunder. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. I, one of my favorite miniseries in the 19th It's
3: still two ends, isn't it, Johnny? It might be Johnny. It was Johnny I always said Joni, but yeah. you've always no, that's... been contrary. I've known you too long not to know that. But yeah, the Roy Thomas uh, yeah. miniseries in the 80s. Yeah. She so I a can. Little with... statue that turned her into Exactly. The great again. covers,
0: also.
4: I can understand um, the Drink Tank being free, but that, that Journey Planet thing, that sounds just too good to be. <laughs> oh, how much is that going to go for?
0: That You know what? That is free and available on efanzines.com. That'd be the letter E followed by fanzines. Dot com. Dot com. Can All we right.
1: expect a Ghostbusters uh, article soon? I mean, uh, Yeah,
6: I okay. actually
0: should do it. That should be one of the 52 movies.
6: I, yeah, I think Chris is expectant on that. Okay, good. <laughs> you did do that d- a while ago.
3: I knew it. Mm. Oh, okay. mm. Uh, mm. Visual. All right.
5: <laughs> yeah.
3: Friend, uh, let's, uh, let's talk positive about other people that have uh, helped with fam- uh, Family Planet over the years. Uh, Joe Keating has a book out today. Nate, talk about it because you read it. Our good buddy and Joe Keating, who Eisner winning. Wake up, that's right. He, he did, did win won an Eisner,
2: yeah.
3: Eisner
5: award-winning author, uh, I think or he, he was I editor. Think he's editor on that one, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. go ahead. He, I, he is. You're touting me too much here, Derek. I kind of read it. Well, sure. I uh, read the first few it. pages. I bought it as well. Um, basically, what is it? Glory was a series in the '90s. It mm-hmm. looks like she was a. I was with uh, Denzel Washington, right, Matthew Broderick. Yes. Okay love that movie <sighs> yeah I guess it was some kind of warrior chick somebody was saying it was a rip off of Wonder Woman a Rob Liefeld Wonder Woman Liefeld just Paul? kind of
3: imitated a lot of other archetypes that existed. wait what he
5: didn't do that he, he did stop hold on the yeah. man is a genius when he had
3: Alan Moore writing Supreme oh wait a minute uh, James stepped aside go ahead anyway
5: <laughs> speaking of which uh, Eric Larson picks up from Alan Moore's last script oh was Supreme number 63 I believe oh cool I don't know when that. Well, comes those are
3: out. good comics too. I don't mean to make light of that because he did a fantastic job with those.
5: But yes, glory uh, picks up after I guess wherever they ended, and uh, Joe Keating is writing. Friend of the program, Joe Keating. Yes. Wait a minute. So
3: does that mean
1: I need to know where the story is, or do they fill you in? I
5: think he fills you in. It's okay. been years, so it would be a shame if he didn't. So is a continuation, or because the, when they rebooted, it's a re. Profit was a restart scene. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
3: really. Yes. Okay, good. Way to commit. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, Rick, uh, we'll talk about a father-son duo this week in, from IDW, I think. Steven, yeah, Stephen King and Joe Hill.
4: Stephen King and his uh, legitimate son Joe Hill. Does he have an illegitimate son? No, I don't know that don't he has an so. le- wow, illegitimate. Don't start rumors. His illegitimate He's, son. This is Jonah definitely Hill. a legitimate son.
3: That suddenly makes sense.
4: Uh, okay. uh, accomplished author on his own. We know Joe Joe Hill from uh, his work on Lock and Key, for example, and IDW, and also Heart-Shaped, Heart-shaped, box. Heart-shaped box and uh, Ghost Story, American Ghost Story. Is that it? Um, I have cut the book at home. Uh, anyway. Uh, the father and son have never teamed up for a uh, storytelling adventure, and they are going how to do one. How does that work?
1: <laughs> do they like both sit at the keyboard and like one has the left hand and one no, has I, the right? I've okay. wondered about no, no, no. So co-writers. But, I, I,
3: but that's a silly image. But yes, oh, okay. um, uh, it's
4: it's something I do. I'm very interested in, and every time I read a, meet a couple of co-writers, I ask them how their their work style works. In fact, I'm currently editing a book that uh, the two people are writing, and name
2: dropper. They
4: basically, mean, I know, they, they will. Um, they job will dropper. often change back and forth on on uh, <laughs> change back on titles on on me, on chapters, and then one will rewrite the other one's chapters, so they get the both of them working Isn't on. Isn't that kind
1: of them. like the improv game you guys play? Like you say a couple words, and then you point, and then the next guy does a verse. it's possible.
3: It's a little different. Depends. Do on you the,
1: think King and Hill do that at home? They're like
3: like maybe they have a moderator like know. you. I don't and then know. He well, goes, if we ever get a chance to interview, him, <laughs> but we'll it's see.
4: it's not a fixed thing. So for example, um, Arthur C. Clarke has been co-writing with a number Until of number of people had been co-writing with a number of people. Do they
1: approve of each other's work on the chapters? Beforehand? Well, Clark, and
4: in that case, Clarke was the much much more prestige author, and so he was doing the the organization of the story, and the uh-huh. other guy was basically filling in the prose, uh, and then Clarke would go back through and edit it. and because i mean if you like were like
1: all right i'll do these chapters and you do those chapters and then you spend all this time like working on a character and then he takes the next one he kills him off real fast well that's I mean, something
4: that's that actually there's a, a shared universe uh, stories like uh, um, wild cards. Wild cards, for example, George R. R. Martin had a group of authors who all worked within the same universe, and they, each one could create a character, and the, you could use somebody else's character. But you, if you were going to do something devastating to them, if you were not going to leave their sandbox alone, if you were going to try came. and kill them off, you had to you had to get a, approval of them of them doing that before you you write it into the, your story. But it's just you know there are no hard fast rules on this. I've always <laughs> often thought it'd be interesting to write a two person. Uh, A novel from two different points of view where each point of view is written by a different author and just coordinate the chapters back and
3: forth. We've veered so far off. What is the actual project they worked on?
4: We're talking about Road Rage. Road Rage? Which is um, a new comic from uh, IDW. IDW, yeah. And it's – I forgot to check who the uh, the artist is. Do you remember? I think they're drawing it too. It's up on the shelf right now. Chris is dashing off. But, um, oh, wow, um that's weird. This is that's quite a dash. This is actually it was more of a sachet. It was a sachet. This, this I'm
3: gonna go, that was wow.
4: The story of this is it goes back to when uh when Joe was young at the King compound, they had a Laserdisc player with with five laser discs, one of which was Steven Spielberg's duel. duel. Yes. Yes. And, and obviously uh this affected them they would go on trips, that what they'd go Dennis on car trips. Even?
0: Yes. yes. Yeah. That was excellent. So uh, it's written by Joe Hill and Stephen King, adapted by Chris Ryle, art by Nelson Daniel, lettering by Robbie Robbins, right. uh, obviously a fake name, and uh, dedicated to Richard Matheson.
4: Yes, because Matheson wrote Duel. Oh, okay. And it, what's interesting about this this novel is is it's coming out in comic book form. It's also in prose, and it's bound with Duel. You, could, you buy the book.
5: It's got Duel and um, and uh, Duel means it's bound with human skin, right? Is no. That what you're saying? Duel
1: meaning the movie or a, the, there's the a book sh- of the Duel? The story by Richard Matheson. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, so so you're saying it's bound like this old VHS tape. And I'm like, how do you put it in the player? I don't know. it. No, it's, it's in the same, books, same binding.
3: Gotcha. You remember books? It's I
1: didn't in know the same Duel binding. was a book. He I've said Steven Spielberg's Duel. Actually,
4: I had some follow-up uh, book, then he said Richard book news from last week, too. I'm confused. Um, So... I'm I'm pretty excited about this. I like Joe Hill, obviously. Really? I like Stephen King. It looks really nice. It looks it looks like a good story. It's it's kind of a Sons of Anarchy meet uh, meet duel, you know. Instead <laughs> of Dennis Weaver in this little car, you got a you've got a, a bike gang, a biker gang, who are criminals, and just like a good novel, you've got a bunch a bunch of broken characters having at it. Instead of having the good guy and the bad guy, and you can easily choose which one. No. But it's a maniac truck driver and the. Uh, the biker gang.
1: Now, when you said Stephen King and Road Rage... You know where I immediately went to, Maximum, right? Maximum overdrive. overdrive. No, the guy who ran him over on the side of the road, right? Do we oh. all you remember that? Oh, yeah. That
4: wasn't road rage. That was drunken driving.
1: Well, he had road rage because the guy ran him over on the road. So King that's what I'm thinking. Wow.
5: I went road rash, the old Sega motorcycle game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was a great one. But they weren't connecting. That was a good, that was so a a
3: nice good game. Nice segue from Sega. But uh, if I, could, oh, if I yes. could diverge for a little bit, Sega.
4: if you go to the bookstores right now, the number of publishers that are republishing princess of mars gods yeah. of mars no, sure. is amazing disney came out with the there's a disney three volume set of all the john carter novels and then there there are there is one novel that has princess of mars in it but it and i may i yeah, just has princess see of how mars.
5: excited Derek is right now it has Wait princess of
4: mars but it also whoa, has whoa, whoa, whoa. the novelization the of the movie in the same binding, really? So you got the movie novelization and the original Edgar Rice Burroughs story, in and one book. it's bound with duel. <laughs> so
5: and it's ripping with glory.
4: But the bound the, in the skin of a Thark. That this is the, 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 the reason tharks? why this is happening. Of course, is all the, the, the Edgar Rice Burroughs the
0: Tharks. Are they Tharks or are they farcs? Farks? Farks. 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 But wait, so now... farts is silly.
5: F-A-R-T. So can Disney Farks.
1: sue Edgar Rice Burroughs no.
3: for money now?
4: No, because the Burroughs' uh, works have fallen into the public domain.
1: Yes. Oh, so he don't get any money now. Which does right.
3: really surprised me that Disney has not then capitalized on their version of Tarzan recently since that was a really great adaptation. Yes.
0: Uh didn't they didn't they release uh, a special edition not too long ago? Yeah, but I mean it's Didn't
4: it, they have a Saturday morning
6: cartoon show? Yeah, they did Tarzan yeah. and Jane. It yeah. was actually pretty
3: good. Yeah. Um, um it was very much like a like an old pulp show. It yeah, was, yeah. pulp pulp stories. Pulp-ish. You know,
0: Derek, you really should be boycotting Disney. Mm-hmm. I can't. <laughs> I've told you that. He's i just got kids. <laughs> I know. You know, just they, to support
1: Severin, we should not go see the, the Avengers. Region. Yeah. Friedrich, whatever. You know,
0: this is the first time I've ever the had a moral <laughs> high road over Derek. <laughs> 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 I've, oh, I've wow. done questionable.
1: <laughs> uh, we don't have to pay to see the Avengers. How's that? That's better. I will oh. sneak into the Avengers. Okay.
3: This was Derek's want. last podcast. He committed suicide <laughs> shortly after.
0: <laughs> I'm Chris Garcia, your moral <laughs> compass. <laughs> <Ooh. You're> so- <laughs>
3: <laughs> it hurts. It burns.
0: Where's that leave me? No.
4: Uh, burning I don't know. At the we were trying to road. figure that one out for, for, for sandpaper. I am not write at home. Desk. I'll just have to get a job.
0: You know, Rick. If the two of us don't end up in Vegas broke, married to other women, uh, this was will a good will weekend. Not be a good weekend.
2: <laughs> I think
3: Deb might have something to say. about She it. All it. right, Do we she
0: got movie news or whatever? We
1: well,
3: doing we doing it? did see in a trailer. Uh, Nate sent out. Nate's like our guy who sends out stuff to us. Uh, <laughs> Nate's <out> solid. I like this <laughs> guy. He's our research assistant. Uh, and he sent out the trailer for this movie from is it is it Australian or is, I'm just making that Mad Max connection?
5: I don't Someday think it's Australian. They will find
0: it. The Mad Max connection, possibly
5: the worst film ever made. <laughs> the
3: FP. <laughs> the I can't FP. even figure out what the FP is supposed to stand for.
5: I don't know what it stands for, but the FP is the neighborhood. If you listen to the narration, all their names the are
4: lacking multiple consonants.
5: <laughs> all everything about this trailer is lacking.
4: Consonants. <laughs> or continents. I... Nice. <laughs> nice. The only thing I
3: want to say about it is that one of the characters in it looked to me for a split second like it was Taylor Lautner. And I thought, if Taylor Lautner had this big a sense of humor about himself, I might actually enjoy
0: it. Now, this is this is the Outbath Gothic uh, film that's coming that's been making the rounds of late, right? The trailer? No. no. The what? No? Outbath no. Gothic? Yeah, no. there was a whole movement that... Uh, that was coming out in the 19s, late seventies, early eighties. That were called Outback Gothics, which were basically uh, uh, what happens when you show Australian filmmakers the people under the stairs. Oh no.
3: no! The FP no. seems to be Mad Max meets Dance Dance Revolution. Yeah. Okay, that makes there sense. There is no better explanation for that
5: film. Basically, yeah. what you have are two rival gangs in what is described as a small town. The FP. For some reason, the two gangs have numbers it's like the OC uh, assigned to them. And when instead of fighting, they play Dance Dance Revolution, but not the big arcade version. <laughs> no, the home version where you have a little pad that you stand on and for you For the see Wii? It, <laughs> it may well be a Wii. I oh. can't tell that for sure. And if but. you lose, you get electrocuted by the game, it looks like. And they call that 187. Mm. Um, so the actual face. He watched this a couple of times. If anyone remembers the wrap-offs in 8 Mile, the face-off for the Dance Dance Revolution games was very reminiscent, where they have an MC. It's who's not a face-off, hosting. though. It's a dance-off. Yes. Sorry. No, it's not. It's a, they challenge you to a, a beat-off. <laughs> yes.
4: <laughs> That's right.
3: So it's one of those trailers so, that I'm not sure if they're in
5: on the joke. I'm praying they are. Uh, uh, but I'm not positive. No. I think the guy with the mohawk is in on the joke. Okay. Uh so, the so during the, the first the initial beat-off, the lead the leader of one gang
2: <laughs> gets I electrocuted
5: and one of his one of his Codies <laughs> is out for revenge. So there's a training montage of this guy training to beat off. <laughs> He's got four tires lined up. It looks like an NFL I combine. Am, I have yeah, some
3: uh, flashing back. Just the way you were you were explaining this reminds me of the first time that we met when you were at WonderCon and asked that question about the Red Hulk. <laughs> so matter of fact, so disinterested in the answer. Are you enjoying the Red Hulk? No, not at all. <laughs> so you're not going to enjoy the beat-off is what Oh, you're saying, I'm going right? to enjoy the beat-off, <laughs> let me tell you. Again, this is a man who made me pay money for G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra.
5: And you know what? I think I'll have as much fun watching the FP as I had watching G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. Hurts. Like At least that much fun. hurts bad. Yeah, but I think I you're like going
4: Dance to Dance see that movie.
0: I'm definitely going to see that movie. <laughs> okay. You know, this is a movie that might end up in the museum.
3: <laughs> because of the Dance Dance Revolution yeah. connection? Oh, uh, my gosh.
0: Speaking,
4: speaking
1: of G.I. Joe... Yes. So There's a sequel coming out, right? Yeah, yeah we've talked about that. Uh, Greatest fight scene ever. I just saw online today yes. that they they have little three and a quarter inch three figures. Three and three quarters? Three and three quarters of uh, Bruce Willis. <gasps> so uh, those of you that wanted a Bruce Willis action figure, I'm finally get one.
0: That would make him the fifth real person. To have a accident? Oh, no, 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 no. Number, it, number one, Sergeant Bruce Is Slatter. it Bruce Willis or is
5: it? Oh, you mean number in the GI Joe Latter, line?
0: Number two? Yeah. Is it?
5: The Refrigerator Perry. It, yes. Yeah. Is it a character? Oh, okay. There yeah, we go. Ahead. Number three, Snake Eyes. He's a real person, right? <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> if only.
1: Quick Do the kick? movie ones don't count, though,
5: right?
0: No, the movie ones count?
5: If they're. None,
0: none of them played. are real people. Channing
1: Tatum. <laughs> that doesn't count. Yes. I are I, you calling Quick
5: Quick Bruce Lee? No, no.
0: I was saying. Oh, okay. No, because the first, the first right, two the that ones? were released were both actual Congressional Medal of Honor winners. What? The Refrigerator Perry? No, 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 no. no. no what are you no, talking the, about? The 12-inch ones back in the <laughs> way back in back the day. Oh, okay. Oh. I guess oh. you could count Van Damme. He got one. Actually,
4: Colonel Gl- John Glenn. Dr. John Mindbender, he, he was they a, had a, they a guy. real person. They, uh, oh. they had a Mercury uh, space capsule oh. with, yes, with yes. the John Glenn voice in it and a Mercury astronaut. Oh, wow.
0: Of course. <laughs> and, of course, also the bird that shipwreck had, that was actually a real bird. Uh, based on a real bird. Speaking yeah.
5: of movies, yes. or I mean, and toys, Yes, I emailed all of you guys earlier the uh, Comic-Con exclusive yes. Star Wars toy yes. that actually George Takei... A week or two ago, yeah, on I his Facebook, it, yeah. posted a picture, and I thought it was a joke. I did, too. And now, we have confirmation that it's real, that there will be a Comic-Con exclusive Jar Jar Binks in Carbonite toy. What the hell is going on? All
0: you know, I know is, because I you want are going to buy it. <laughs> you know, this is 13 years then since the release. Then you're going to smash
4: the defrost control. <laughs>
0: But it's odd, actually. This is the second time today that I have had a carbonite reference happen because I've decided. <laughs> I refer to carbonite daily. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. Anytime someone tells me they love me,
3: I say, I know. And then oh, and then you uh, make that face. And then they're like
0: tassel tussling of the and hair. And I do it, yeah.
5: <laughs> yes, that'd be. Nice true. visual. All yeah. right, so what was your other carbonite discussion today?
0: No, no, no. Now you've ruined it. No, thanks a lot.
4: Well, what do we have next on the.
3: I love some television. Oh, yeah. comic book men! Talk about it, Nate. You guys watch The Walking Dead? Did comic everyone book men? watch
4: Comic Book Men? I, I did. No,
3: I did not.
1: And so only
5: Lon and I watched it. That's right.
1: And it was basically the poor man's excuse. It was like the worst Pawn Stars ripoff I've seen recently. I didn't
4: think it was that bad. It was oh, like the terrible. best
5: episode of Pawn Stars because no. it all was comic book stuff. Yeah. I don't care yeah. about George Washington's gun. I want to see comic books. Well, so it's
3: about evaluating the prices of comics.
4: No, no, no. Well, no, no. No, no, no. The whole There was, was a little that. bit of that, but it was really about <laughs> it was really about ripping off people who come into the store and giving and lowballing <laughs> them on the price that they're going to pay them on but the, on the is, items. they the going to that's what you have
1: Even, to do. Yeah. There was one girl who came in, the girl who tried to sell the Chucky doll. She was nuts. Yeah. yeah, but she was also on another uh
4: reality show. Where she
1: was like all obsessed about her dolls. I'd seen her before
4: well, I think on a different they, show. I think they had a call. They, they had did. A,
1: no, what I'm saying though, that's so contrived to right. just be like, "Hey, are you in the it's, LA area? You got some wacky It's stuff no more stuff contrived
4: and, than Antique Roadshow. You know, it's it's. I don't think it's I've a real ever item They've Heard
0: anyone? Do you call have that any idea how much this Chucky doll would be worth? I think at auction it could fetch upwards of seventy-five cents. What I'm paying
4: attention to here is the stitching. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was
5: it was not entertaining. I personally was entertained by Comic Book Men, and I will watch it. And if they renew it, I will watch the next season as well. Now, I, is it only because of your love for Kevin Smith? No, not at all. Okay. I have been which is bordering what, on the. So, unhealthy. what did you find actually, entertaining? I, really, I thought
4: it. that I was going to be bored with the guys that they had there, and I wanted more Kevin Smith because they looked like they were not going to have much of him. I actually liked the other guys there. The, the guy who ran I, the store, and yeah, the uh, Walt. even the guy who was hanging the bearded guy who was hanging Walt out Glennigan. there.
5: Yes, Walt Flanagan, yeah,
3: the artist on Kevin Smith's Batman books, and the yes. owner of
5: Walt Flanagan's dog, and the owner and the the manager, the manager, of, manager Secret of Secret of Stash. Stash. Yeah. yeah, he's the manager of Secret Stash. Mm-hmm. And then what's the beard? Brian? Brian, Brian, and then Ming. I liked, and then the other guy. Most
4: amazing could... thing, Brian has a girlfriend.
5: <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know. I thought it, I just thought it was I thought it was mediocre at best. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I can watch Pawn Stars all day long, and the ones that I really like are when they bring in a pair of shoes, and then I'm sitting there like, no, you idiot, that's not worth anything. Or a comic book or art or something like that. Pop culture items instead of historical items. Yeah. No offense, Chris Garcia.
0: Well, as a cultural historian, uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I can say actually Pawn Stars is probably the worst show in the history of television.
3: I, I would disagree. Specifically because... Really? In a season that brought us Whitney?
0: Oh, wait, okay, yes, you're right, you're correct. When okay. I heard Whitney is gone, I was hoping it was the show from the schedule. Right, right. Oh, oh. too
3: soon. And too, <laughs> too old soon. already. I've heard yeah. that joke so many times this week. I would How have many
5: made it times? First. <laughs> Yeah, I saw Chris Garcia make it first. How many times did you hear, uh, it's ironic that Whitney beat Bobby Brown to death? Only once. Really? Um. Yeah. I saw it a few times. Yeah, I stole I it, it a from uh, Dan Shaheen, owner of. Yes, oh, well, that's what I, I saw. Speaking of which, Neil says hi. Oh, great. Good, thanks. You yeah, that was good use of the that, uh, I podcast time, sure. Hi, now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway,
4: go
3: ahead.
5: So so Comic Bookman I, I, was
4: good. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, the other show that's like that that I watch is the one about the storage lockers. Storage yeah, Wars. Storage Wars. Yeah, That's pretty terrible, too. So here good go. If you
3: usually follow Lon's advice, then don't watch Comic Bookman. If you usually follow Nate's advice, And which is. But I have to
1: remind everyone that Nate loved Red State. Red State was good. No, it was I have seen it.
3: I have no opinion on it. Terrible.
5: How thing. was Red State terrible, Lon? I'd Lon have to, Do, do we have an hour? Yes. Are we going to have another, another have serious discussion?
3: No.
1: Red
4: no. State we we, was we really need to move on because we're, uh, <laughs> yeah. we're running out. And that was after Walking <laughs> Dead. You
5: know, so was, Walking so Dead. Yeah, so let's talk about it quickly. Excellent. Episode. Seriously, man, did that that, here, that started
4: you? like thirty seconds after the last episode. That was it awesome. Started zero so
6: seconds after the last episode. Happy
3: with the return of the Walking Dead? No, was I like the highest rated drama in cable history. Go ahead. Not this episode. Yes, yes. Yeah. Highest rated episode yes. ever. Yes, yeah. they, the Walking Dead is only growing in popularity. Well, that's great.
1: I'm happy for that. I had some problems with this episode. Spike the lawsuit. Can can problem do do number one. Can we do some spoiler alerts? Sure. They're spoiler all dead. Alert. Um. I had an issue with the plot device of getting Lori out in peril
5: when there really was no need for her to be in peril. I see. Um, she's a woman, therefore she needs to be in peril. And well, she's Lori, therefore she's an idiot. Okay, maybe. That's
4: yeah, go with the not last really part.
5: explained on the show. but uh, oh, They did
4: it all last season.
1: So we're our interpretation, sure. Um, but her, her excuse for going was, we've got to go tell Rick and Herschel that so-and-so is sick and we don't know what to do. And it's like, the whole reason Rick went out to get Herschel was because the girl fainted and he knew that she wasn't in a good state and he was going to bring her back. So why did she feel compelled to steal a car, steal a gun, and go out looking for him and then get herself in trouble?
5: And Stupid. I apologize to all women beforehand, but she's a dingy broad, Lon.
1: Okay. All right. We've covered that. But I'm just saying it doesn't make sense in the good writing of the show.
4: Okay, getting past The second Laurie.
1: part I didn't like was uh, the whole reason you bring Glenn along with you is to be your cover man. He's got a shotgun and everything. They're at this bar. They're talking to Herschel, and they're trying to get him to come back. And then all of a sudden, two new dudes walking into the bar without anybody hearing any car drive up, any... P- Footsteps, whatever you would think in the world they're living in. Yeah, I know they think the town's secure, but there'd be somebody watching the door. And for the longest time in that scene, Glenn was posted at the door the whole time with a shotgun. And for some reason, he just decides to walk away from it. And two guys walk in and it's trouble. I just felt like it was so convenient a plot device that it really just was kind of stupid that it happened. It was like so. There are parts of this this show where I feel like. They really do it really smart and really intelligent and really awesome. And then there's other parts where they go, "Well, we only got this much story; we got to stretch off the season. So let's do it or whatever." So does
4: the the unevenness of it spoil it for you, or did you enjoy this episode? Did you enjoy the episode? Did you enjoy more of it than hate more of it?
1: Overall, I I thought it was just a a filler episode. I felt I felt like nothing really happened, but it had to pick up from where it left off. I mean, seriously. All okay. So, what did the rest of the cast do besides bury bodies?
5: In Glenn's defense, if you were standing at a door so and two of your friends were having drinks at a bar, would you continue to stand at the door if that was where, my job? Where zombies who can't open apocalypse. a door anyway wouldn't be able to get in, and you'd be able to turn around and shoot zombies in the head?
1: How did the other? The door looked wide open when those other guys came in. Yeah, they opened they it. it. That's, That's tra- how
5: they heard them come
1: mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Well, no, they they turned around and went, "What?". I don't know. I'm just saying that... Anyway, and
5: then Rick capped that dude right in the face, which was awesome, and turned around and shot the other guy. That was a great scene.
1: I like that. I like that. That was fine.
5: Uh, So who cares about everybody back at the farm? What else are they going to do besides So one good
1: thing is all you need in an episode.
5: No, the whole episode was good. The focus of the episode was Rick Herschel at the bar. And Lori... And then Lori at the very end, driving out like an idiot, and then swerving into the zombie and flipping her car over. That didn't ruin the episode for me. It ruins Lori's dipshit character. Excuse me. We're going to have to cut that, Rick.
4: <laughs> oh. I don't I don't think that that's really that bad.
1: You're going to need to uh, put a warning on it now. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. I'm just saying that I know the show can do better, and I want better for it. Okay. 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 But did anyone see the, the trailers for next week's episode? Yes. So now it looks like the whole episode is them trapped in the bar now. And I'm just like, oh, do we really need to do this again? I don't know. I'm I'm just don't you
5: want to meet the governor? Or do you want to just... Do you think they're governor's people? You, know, you never know. It's they, about that time.
3: Uh, there was a rumor that they had, indeed, put out a cast. Cast for it. So. Yeah.
5: They haven't
1: even met Michonne talking? yet.
3: Well, maybe she's coming. Um, maybe Michonne
1: will
4: bail them out of the bar.
3: Let us uh, talk. I uh, mentioned that The Simpsons is celebrating its 500th episode. Yeah, it's about we don't talk about The Simpsons at all.
4: Yeah. Matt Groening got his... Graining? Yeah. Graining. Yeah. graining, graining, oh, sorry, graining, graining, graining. 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 No, Matt, I read an interview you said rhymes with braining. Okay, Matt Graining got his uh, star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Nice. Wow, nice. five hundred episodes of The Simpsons account. I think they can go into syndication with that now. Yeah, can't I think they? so. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that puts them within spitting distance of the Flint. Didn't the Flintstones have five hundred twenty something episodes? How many
4: did Idol of Lucy have?
0: Uh, yes. Idol of Lucy didn't really have that many. That many. Yeah. Uh, Not that I love many? was on for less than ten so years.
4: Okay.
3: Like uh, just Chris Garcia. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But yes, um, anyway. I think
1: the Flintstones
3: only had like three episodes, but, but, but there were Dark enough. Shadows, uh, many more. Oh, yeah, but there point. were enough of uh, of the Simpsons that Fox has still, you know, still has not kiboshed their uh, thought about having an all Simpsons cable channel. Just That'd be being. so awesome. That'd be so surreal. Twenty four,
4: and for breaks they'd have Futurama. <laughs>
3: Okay, and uh, Tracy. And let's Ullman. talk about this. I'm sorry, James. Talk about this web series in Ireland. The oh yeah, Victory, James. Well, James, let me tell you about busy. this series because I watched yeah, a little bit he, of it. Uh,
0: so there is a uh, business. There is a contest right now to see. Uh, uh, they're having various webisodes of these series that are made by Irish creators uh, for Irish television, and one of them is a science fiction series called Victory. Okay. and they're little. They're really short little things. Um, they're uh, they're I think five minutes. And they're fantastic. If you look up Irish television victory, because um, there aren't a lot of victories on Irish television. Um,
1: Is this with, like, a bunch of soccer players, and they're trying to break out of the thing if they win the goal or
0: something like that? No, it does not feature Pele and uh, Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone. Stallone. Oh, okay. And Michael Caine. A Michael Caine, that's right. That was the first time I ever heard the phrase uh, boat payment uh, it connected to Michael Caine. Yes. Um, but, yes. Yeah, so it's on uh, – um, does that happen a lot? Or? Yes, it oh, does. Yes, actually. Michael Caine is the is the master of the boat payment that's, movie. That's how
3: they explain all the movies that Michael Caine's in. He yes, and or make, he needed to make a boat payment.
0: Yes, or Puerto oh, oh. or Puerto Rican Michael Caine, aka Luis Guzman, and both of them are together. Oh, in you mean Greenfield?
1: <laughs> you mean Green, You mean they're paint He's doing this role to pay to make, for his yeah boat. to make yes. a boat payment. I thought you meant in the story somewhere yeah. there was like. We have to get a boat. Oh, here's a boat payment.
0: You know, that and might like be that. why he was in Jaws: The Revenge. Yeah, though. that might, would might work on two literally. levels. which is the Citizen Kane of sharks out for revenge movies. Yes. Oh no, wait. Shark deep week. blue sea. Oh yeah, deep blue sea. Yeah. Anyway, make your point. Please. That might be the Ambersons. That was my point. Okay, great. Uh, and you're here for wrestling.
3: Dare we talk? Keep it brief,
0: man. Aren't we all? I can. Okay, so uh, the Elimination Chamber is coming up this weekend. And as it seemed to be happening a lot in UFC with people getting injured right before, this time it's WWE. And Randy Orton got a concussion in his match, I believe, on Sunday. So he is out. They were going to replace him with Mark Mark Henry, whose career is resurgent when he's, like, I think he just turned 40.
5: Isn't he suspended?
0: Uh, He is injured. He is suspended in the storyline. Fake suspended. Fake suspended, yes. Um, They were going to bring him back. They decided that he's not well enough yet. So they had a I believe a battle royal to determine who would be the replacement? I love battle royals. And spoiler alert, it was Santino Marella. That's lame. Yes, and it's so lame it makes me automatically think he's going to end up winning the title.
1: At the Elimination Chamber? Yeah.
0: That it's one of those I thought the
1: Elimination Chamber was not for the title but only for a chance to fight for the title. Uh, I
0: th- oh you might you're right.
5: Oh, isn't CM Punk in the Elimination Chamber? Yeah.
0: Um there's oh you might be I'm confused by this. <laughs> oh okay. you might wow. be right. Well, you was right. the Rod wrestling, wrestling, wrestling yeah. News. Yes. yeah, okay. But so let's just say if you like Randy Orton, uh he's not going to be there and it's not his fault. It's who, Kane's fault. Who can custom? I believe it was Kane. Mm. Oh, Kane also
5: hurt Zack Ryder. That's right. He, did you see him push him off the side of the stage? That's kind of He's awesome. an, a monster, <laughs> Nate. Don't you know this? He had to wear a mask. He's not a nice
0: guy. Hence, the monster cane.
5: Yeah, but what happened to the not monster cane that was
0: a bald guy? Like, I liked him. He was cool, cool and likable. Yeah. I could really relate to him.
1: I liked him because he, the kids were cool to him.
0: All right. I think we're
1: done.
4: No. Uh,
3: Rick has <laughs> one... Rick has one item on. The- I think Geek should sponsor. Oh yes, yeah. Us. yeah I, 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 there's, this was just
4: this was just too good. We already talked a couple weeks ago about the lightsaber candles that you could buy. Yes, that were uh, that were totally awesome. Where you, you 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 get the Sith you get the Sith uh, lightsaber handle, and you get a red candle to go in there. and You set it up, and that's a way to make sure that first date is the only date. <laughs> So <laughs> you just made me think. Is about that me. their line, or did you just come I up? with that? I just came up with that. Wow, I'm you can line
5: your uh, room with lightsaber candles when you train for the beat off. Yes. <laughs>
4: yes. He may have named the podcast. It's too
5: good to <laughs> it can't be the title,
4: though. That can't <laughs> be the title. Training for the beat off. No.
2: Beat-off. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so hey, as long as the hype. Okay, is no, bring, <laughs> bring it down. So this okay, week, spell this week, 100. in a oddly thematically near product you can actually go out, go to think Deep right now for $65 you can buy a lightsaber desk lamp which the the lightsaber is the Wait, stem Wait, you didn't tell me it was a desk lamp. It's a it's a lamp. It's a desk lamp. You wrote it, I wrote at, it down. It's The desk lamp <laughs> um, the desk lamp with I the lightsaber handle old. that goes up into a a shade that has either the SIS symbol or the uh, the the uh, Rebel? Jedi the Jedi Rebel uh, symbol Rebel on it Alliance. and they actually it doesn't it comes without a bulb and you have to choose whether you're going to get a white a red or a blue bulb
0: to put in yourself. Now see if I got one of these the first thing I would do is buy a bunch of burlap and just leave it empty at the base of it. Uh huh. And then see who got it. I'd have
5: all blue bulbs for when I trained for the beat off. <laughs> <laughs> Boom.
3: <laughs> wow. Dang it! Okay, so we had to go explicit for this episode. We're sorry, but Nate's oh, humor. when he does it, it's fine. You know why? He's clever. All right, so uh, yeah, that's
4: so that's our that's, our, that's our consumer t- that's our <laughs> fanboy <laughs> consumer tip of the week. Remember, Nate write to Nate to find out where to find Nate those blue has, balls uh, has, uh, bulbs. Blue
0: bulbs. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Let's
3: retake that so you can sound better.
0: No, no, no. That was perfect. (laughs) Oh,
3: I can fix that. Nate had panache. Okay, so we're going to, if you have any (laughs) questions, comments, compliments, commentary, you never want to listen to us again, do let us know. Editor at fanboyplanet.com or sandpaper at fanboyplanet.com. And you
1: might be the letter of the week and get swag and even come down and be on the podcast. Here's the amazing thing.
0: Brian made it through the entire episode, everybody was everything you'd hope for seeing it live? Yeah, it. It was good seeing it live. Actually, right. the, half the
4: real question is, are you going to listen to the week's, this week's episode now?
0: I probably will. <laughs> no. You should listen to it with a friend and say, oh, that part was better That's live. a fan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Because oh. we're a stadium here.
4: <laughs> you we, know want, what? we want bleachers. You know what they cut right there? That was uh, a very funny joke that <laughs> yeah. Nate said. Yeah. yeah. Aww.
3: Aww. All right. So uh, this is Darabakar, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. Uh, Lon, surprisingly uh,
0: not censored <laughs> tonight,
5: Lopez. Yeah.
0: Uh, Hugo, winner Christopher J. Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
5: Nate Costa, and I should have done this earlier, call for questions because I'm heading to Image Expo, and I don't know what to ask these people. All right. So if you have a question for Todd McFarlane, send that in to Derek at editor at fanboyplanet.com. com. No, editor at fanboyplanet.com. <laughs> That's what I said, Derek. <laughs> you said Derek <laughs> and editor. <laughs> there was a send spoken comment. <laughs>
2: Rick, who are
4: you? Who? Uh, no, no. Can you do James, please? Can you do, say sign, sign off for James? I,
3: I don't want to offend him. He's ah, Irish. Ah, I'm, Nick, oh, huh? right. <laughs> you, I'm James Bacon. All right. Go.
4: And I'm Rick Center reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers only for good.
2: Of
0: course, Yeah, we...
3: Sorry, that was bad. Cut it. Um, Cut it. No.
4: And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at (laughs) www.lukeski.com.